Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. This is a big week. Equity. Equity for all. I work for the largest investment bank in the world. I have taken nine companies public. I am so glad that it's finally acceptable for women to talk about success. What a wonderful title. Can you think of a better play on words accomplished in one word? Well, I I think it's a great play on words if this movie was really about gender, but I don't think it is. But let's start with you first. So you went with a bunch of female people, some of which are in uh, in sort of that sort of financial business, right? I did go with female people. I went by myself, so there you go. You didn't bring any female people? Okay, yeah, no, I went with two friends from college. One of them said, you know, this looks like it's the female billions. And of course, you know that I lasted, what, five minutes watching Billions? I, got I don't to think the... you lasted five minutes in Billion, my friend. <laughs> I think you were gone after one, but whatever. Well, you know, one sex scene with Paul Giamatti and I pull the plug. So, you know, when I heard my friend's take that it's probably the female version of Billions, I wasn't convinced that I needed a female version of Billions. But I did love why this movie got made, and I loved how it got made. Let's start with the gender issues first. And... You know, most of the reviewers are comparing this to Working Girl, and oh, when I, yeah, you know, they're all talking about well, Working Girl was really the first, um, you know, movie about women on Wall Street sort of rising up above. But see, to me, Working Girl was all fiction and could never have happened, and I never took it seriously. It was just sort of a rah-rah thing, sort of like Nine to Five was. Like Nine to Five was never going to happen either, but it was sort of a play on it or whatever. So. I didn't compare this movie to that. I went and watched Wall Street because I think if you're going to compare it, you need to compare it to Wall Street, which was, what, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? I was going to say, Working Girl must have been like 28 years ago, so we don't even have a more recent comparison. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, and on in Wall Street, you know, the only female, real female character was um, Daryl Hannah, who was rising by being an interior decorator and sleeping her way to the top of some Wall Street clients. I so, was going to say, if you asked me yeah. to say what her job was, I kind of remember her being a stripper or a hooker. Is that wrong? No. Well, sort of. She was definitely a prostitute, but, okay. um, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah, she didn't, wasn't paid with money. She was paid with places to decorate. So maybe, but, they, so, mix, maybe they mixed up their streets, you know, which yeah, streets maybe, the women were working yeah. on. When Wall Street came out, the whole thing around Wall Street was... Who knew the underpinnings of Wall Street were so ugly? Didn't everybody? Uh, was no, that a well, surprise? Not middle America. No, the general public was not familiar with what went on behind the scenes. Now, if you happen to work in New York, which you did, and not I did, then. Sort of, not then. yeah, but you know, but no, the general public did not really have any idea about how those kinds of things worked. But in this movie, I, you know, halfway through, I'm, I, I was just shocked because you know, I'm a feminist and that I care a lot about gender equality and all those things. But this wasn't a movie about gender. This was a movie about Wall Street. It was a movie about IPOs. And anybody could have been interswapped with a, with a male character. This is why I think we get messed up. If you just judged this film on the story, which is really about an IPO on Wall Street and how people betray each other and all kinds of other sort of it's not about women. Why is it about women? There are two parts in this that become become gender oriented. Um, the first one is when um, her uh, vice president uh, she figures out she's pregnant, and the vice president is 
terribly worried because she thinks it's going to affect what's going to happen in her career over the next five months. Mm-hmm. And then the second time is when, um, when they're talking about why the deal she had just finished went bad and why they didn't quote like her. And she said, well, somebody said it was about the dress I wore. So those were the only two things that were gender, but other which were adjectives to the story. What? Well, that and the fact that Anna Gunn has never been promoted to the position she should hold. She should be running that bank, don't you think? Well, I have no idea. I don't know what every. I mean, frankly, why? Because she did, she because she did a couple of deals. I mean, look, there. You know, everybody works well, that hard. No, I don't... not her boss. You know, it's there's always that that non-productive guy that sits in an office either combing a meditative thing on the desk he with sand or building blocks. Though. He probably got there because he was related to somebody, would be my guess. He didn't uh, you know, seem I'm... like some hungry tiger of Wall Street. He seems like... I don't think think that's true. I think that to get there, you have to produce and you have to bring in clients and you have to do all the same things as rising up in any service business. I don't know. Not if everyone beneath you is producing. Then you can just sit there in your office reading the paper. But to get there, you had to have produced. It's sort of like the managing partner at an accounting firm. So I don't... I don't know whether she deserved to be promoted or not, but I think anybody in her in that position, any when when there's the job, you know, the head of international is going to be open, you know, all there must have been five people in there vying for it, believing that they had right to be, and she just happened to be the one that was the focus of this movie. But what, so what was gender about it? She seemed very capable to me. I'm going to be frank with you. The perception is that you run people the wrong way. <laughs> See, you've stupefied me here with your opening remarks. What else is new? They're billing it as the first movie ever to show Wall Street from a female perspective. Why do that? Why not just judge the movie on a story about IPOs in Wall Street, which actually is quite interesting because it hasn't been done before. I'm sure you can draw a lot of parallels between the traditional sexism of Hollywood and Wall Street. So I applaud the fact that it was an all-female creative team. The writer, the director, the two producers who also star in it, Alicia Reiner and Sarah Megan Thomas. My objection was with the movie is that I could actually feel the hand of the filmmaker in the movie, and I felt as really? though it were a message movie about gender. So I felt as though I were being fed a message, and I was. I mean, did you notice that little clip where Erin, played by Sarah Megan Thomas, is checking her phone, and she's reading an article, and it's that article by Professor Anne-Marie Slaughter about why women still can't have it all? Uh, I did notice that article, and, you know, again, it, I, it was layered in. And, you know, a woman would be reading that article just like a guy would be reading the article about why divorce rates are so high with investment bankers, you know. A guy could be I, reading that article, too. I just felt like there were moments where it became a message movie. Well, you know, it's so f- you you have to come back to, you know, books like Lean In. And, you know, as, as the, the kind of feminist I am, is I, I just I think if we take gender out of it, it just becomes richer. And why do we keep having to say these are gender issues when the truth is it's just a doggy dog world out there? And that was the issue. The issue was people betrayed her and she didn't take care of the people around her. And, you know, everybody sort of um, was very shallow and maybe had ethics and morals that were not in keeping with what, you know, built an actual happier life or something. But it wasn't, it wasn't about women coming into Wall Street and making it, you know, I think that those are not the same issues as they were before. So it's um, very, I wish, I wish they had not touted it as that. I wish they just told the story and wouldn't it be cool if nobody noticed 
the protagonist was a woman. That's I what we're looking totally for. I totally agree. And, you know, I compared it in my mind to the Danish yep. TV series that I loved, Borgen, which happened to be about the country's right. first female prime minister. But I didn't feel that hand of the filmmaker exactly. making it a social issue play. Well, and Although, maybe that's how they got the money to do it. Maybe there were all these reasons. But you know what? And yet, we will know that, that, that gender is no longer an issue when we stop talking about it as if it is when it isn't. The truth is, you could have replaced any of those characters with met, any of the male characters you could have replaced with, replaced with the female, and any of the female characters you could have replaced with the male, and it wouldn't have made any difference. It was still an entertaining and interesting story. Well, Unbelievable. It's very interesting, the point you bring up, because it, it goes to what is the end goal of feminism, which I know has been debated for decades. But for example, I totally applaud the work of Alicia Reiner and the Gina Davis Institute as a partner on this film and Broad Street Pictures, which made the film. This is their first feature film. And their mission is to make roles more diverse and to show, um, for example, women as leads in movies. I totally applaud their mission. But then you look and you see, okay, but what did they do to the male characters? Did they commit the same sin? So for example, Aaron's husband in the movie, he plays the husband who's either asleep or kissing her goodbye or upset that she's answering her cell phone and not wanting to look at the ultrasound of their baby while they're in the doctor's office. So what you said about, you know, the the roles could be reversed, those characters could have been richer. Um, I think that's true, yeah, I think that's true. But I also think that um, having been married to an investment banker who was constantly doing those deals, and basically when a deal is there, then your life's just not your own until the deal is over. But I don't think it was female-based, I just think it's job description-based. So what did you think of Gunn, and what have we seen her in? You must know this. Okay, I gotta tell you, maybe we should spend a little bit of time talking about what I thought was terrific in the film. I thought Anna Gunn was fantastic. We know her from Breaking One Bad. One problem with her, though, major problem. Did you know? Do you know what it is? Her shoes. The the clothes. They were ill-fitting. And really, not at all what she would have been wearing. Well, throughout the movie, I had a problem with the lipstick and the shoes. I thought they were a little too overdone for bankers. But we know, we discussed Anna Gunn back in our Broadchurch podcast when we said there was a U.S. remake called Grace Point. She was in Grace Point. She's also now in Sully. I thought she was very convincing and totally inhabited the role of an investment banker. I, did, I thought she was mesmerizing, but they dressed her abominably, and I think it hurt the part. You know, um, I just thought her clothes were just ill-fitting and everything else. And the other thing is, did you see how they layered in her mentor, you know, when she went to talk to the retired um, partner who was playing golf? Yeah, I loved that layering in because, you know, as somebody who came up in that world, I can tell you that any person coming up, not just women, but any person, you need a mentor like that. And I loved that she had him and that she went back to him. And, and I loved that she talked about her intuitive uh, disquiet about the situation. Um, you know, the fact that it went totally over his head and he didn't get it was interesting. But And what about Sarah uh, Megan Thomas? Well, I, I have to ask you still about Anna Gunn. I, yeah. You know, you made a comparison to the movie Wall Street, Oliver Stone's film. I just assumed her character was going to be a female version of Gordon Gecko. Am I wrong about this? Or was she the only one in the movie who didn't bend a rule? 
I was going to say she was that she wasn't. I don't know what made you think that they were comparing her to Gordon Gecko. Well, when they kept saying, "Oh, this is going to be investment bankers from a female point of view," and from the trailer and the fact that a prosecutor Gecko is wasn't investigating, an I know, but he's a Wall Street type who loves no, money. I, I, I don't think so, she would. No, I but think... here's the comparison. Gordon Gecko says greed is good, and Anna Gunn's character in this movie says explicitly, "I love money." So I thought, you know, okay, they're the Not central the characters. All, they have mentors. Um, no, I don't think. I mean, Gecko, but am I wrong about this? That she was actually the yeah. most upright character in the film. Well, she was, but you know, the the thing that she was saying is that you know, I, I do this for the money. I, I like the you know the money and the power. But Gecko was, you know, he 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 was a dishonest, terrible guy. She was. I didn't. I didn't think they were comparing her to Gecko at all. If they were comparing her to anyone, and they weren't, but if they were. It would have to be um, Charlie Sheen. But he was pretty morally compromised in Wall Street, if I recall correctly. In the end, he was not. In other words, when when Chal- when he, when he pushed, came, he wanted to do it honestly. Remember, he went into Gordon Gecko, and he wanted to do it, you know, with hard work, and you know, late nights and working his. And then Gecko is the one who said to him, "If you want to do it, you're going to have to bend the rules." So he tried it, but in the end, he came back to the straight and narrow. So. I, but I don't. Also, Gecko's not an investment banker, and I, I think it's a totally different. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Those are details. But I totally thought that she would have more compromising decisions to make. Yeah. Well, Gecko. If you're looking for who is his parallel in the movie, it's um, it's her boyfriend. Did you leak this thing? You weren't aware. It's all just a big game to you, isn't it? What else is there? Is there a problem? Making money off of, uh, you know, off of insider trading. I mean, that was what Gecko did, and that's what this guy did. And that guy was exactly the as did all the hedge Gecko. fund managers in yeah. this. You know, he wasn't a hedge fund manager; he was just an investor. No, 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 not her boyfriend, but the hedge fund manager. He's supposed to be tipping off, played by Craig Bierko from Boston Legal, Buzz Lightyear. Oh, that guy, yeah. But again, you know, I, I think that that. You know, Wall Street was about take, hostile takeovers, and and this is about IPOs. And and there, I don't think there's been a great movie about IPOs. So if we if we take the female out of it, I think I'd give it a higher rating than if I put the female into it. Meaning, if I'm judging this as some sort of feminist coming out movie for females, then I don't know. I'd give it a B minus maybe. But if you if it's re, if I make it just about the backstory of an IPO and how very, very sensitive it is. Remind me why I didn't marry Yeah, well, men like a girl they can take care of. I love the way they talked about the wall, like you can't cross the wall and did you cross the wall and everything else. Um, I love the way they did that. I, I just, I think as a movie about IPOs and the danger zones and walking the line and insider training and insider information and power and money and all that stuff, I thought it was really fascinating, didn't you? I thought it was really well done. I thought it could have been more interesting. And again, it's probably because I'm being spoiled by television. So it's the same issue I had with Spotlight, admittedly, which the Academy thought was the best picture of the year. But to me, it's the empty file folder syndrome, where it's a bunch of people sitting around talking about 
suspicions, but there's no evidence. So what I love to see is the dramatic face-to-face confrontation. So for example, when Anna Gunn corners Sarah Megan Thomas in the hallway and just asks her point blank, what did you do? Did you love it? I loved it. Those are moments that are gripping. But if you've got Alicia Reiner's character sitting in her Brooklyn apartment going through files and we don't really know what she's reading, there seemed to be a lack of evidence. It's so funny you saying that because that was the weak link. Like even the way she went in and pretended to be drunk to, to um, I think you call it entrapment. Mm-hmm. That's right. That would never, no, no U.S. attorney is going to do that. Mm-hmm. I felt that that was the weak, weak writing link. But can we go back to Sarah Megan Thomas for a minute? Yep. Who does she remind you of? Rooney Mara. Somebody leaked a rumor about my IPO. I didn't do anything. Yes, you did. Because you needed it. You don't know what I need. Oh, interesting. No, I got another one. Okay. Who does um, she remind you from of? From Girls. Zosia? Zosia Mamet? She looks just like her. Oh, interesting. One of Do my friends said that after we got out of the theater. Oh, somebody else said that too? Yeah. Oh my God. I kept thinking, oh my God, she's in this movie and she's not. And it, I mean, they look they look like they're sisters. They could, you know, it's it's very, very, I thought that, you know, I thought I thought she was excellent. Absolutely excellent in the role, didn't you? Well, I think... The hard thing about her character is that I thought there were two false steps with the plot, and both of them had to do with her character. So I think I held that against her character. One was... What were the two false starts? The green pen. And the other was when she's trying to find Anna Gunn, and she's not home, so she goes to James Purefoy's apartment, and he invites her in, and she walks inside without even really hesitating. You don't think she would have done that? I think she should have at least shown some more hesitation. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Very interesting. Didn't you love in the credits, which you make me listen to watch So I Stay, did you see Bloomberg was in the credits as a sponsor? Yes, and this is the fifth film they have backed recently. Well, no, they didn't back it. What they did was they never paid money. But <laughs> they provided all... the terminals. Yeah, they provided they, they a lot did. of research and... assistance. They have their marketing department all over it. Yeah, but but they didn't pay the money, which I think is interesting. But... What's interesting is they also talked them into doing it differently. Apparently, the script called for them to have, you know, on the day of the IPO to actually be down there ringing the bell and mm-hmm. uh, doing, you know, what you sort of think of as an IPO. And Bloomberg said, look, that's not how it works anymore. The, the exciting part of an IPO is when people are talking about it 15 minutes before it actually, you know, goes to market. And they talked them into changing the script substantially about the launching of the IPO that morning. I thought that was interesting. Do you think, though, that cinematically it's more interesting to show it more realistic? I do. I thought it really showed the enormity of how, you know, how what everybody's saying about it and the groundwork that you lay going up to it is so very important. Yeah. To me, it was more people in a conference room. I missed the ringing of the bells and the loudness of the trading floor and the visual qualities that could really play big on the big screen. But an IPO is not made on the trading floor or with the ringing of the bell. It's made in the way they showed it, which is on screens by a million people and... But then um, there should have been a more cinematic way to tell it, like the dramatic confrontation between Anna Gunn and Sarah Megan Thomas. Because again, she was terrific. I thought those screens showing the the things going up and down, I thought that was extremely dramatic. You didn't think so? I thought it was more dramatic in Money Monster. But I think they could have played more with the dynamics between the characters. Because for example, when Anna Gunn confronts her love interest, again, 
riveting. When she confronts the guys in that conference room, my favorite scene was Anna Gunn with that chocolate chip cookie. And again, it's not like every IPO needs somebody eating a chocolate chip cookie to be realistic, but what she did with that cookie was fantastic. I agree. I thought it was really brilliant. And I think a lot of those scenes really, really showed stress. You know, talk about showing the pressure, you know, that she was, she kept her cool, you know, and then that in that moment in time, you know, how many chocolate chips are in this? I just thought it was great. I loved it. Loved it loved she it. really pulled. Okay. And your favorite line in the movie? You know what? I think it was, um, I do this because I, I like the money. What's that thing that really makes you want to get up in the morning? For me, I guess the simplest answer is, I like money. I loved the fact that they had her at an alumni panel. I thought it was a great way to bring in her character, her principles, Uh backstory, exposition. But my favorite line was when she goes down to Brooklyn to visit Alicia Reiner's character. And Alicia Reiner's there with her wife and their two kids. And the two kids won't talk to Anna Gunn because they said, you know, our mom said we can't talk to strangers. And when yeah. she goes, huh, in my experience, it's usually your friends who stab you in the back. <laughs> yeah. By the way, again, you're absolutely right. I forgot about that. She delivered that line so well. You're ab- I would totally agree with you. That is the best line in the film. It was amazingly great. But Anna Gunn just owned that character. There was not a moment where I thought she's act- I believed she was an investment banker. Mm-hmm. I don't know Did about you know? the shoes <laughs> from, the, yeah. from the knees up. I believe that Anna Gunn was an investment banker. Locking up drug dealers. I'm actually in white collar crime. You got a file on us? We have a file on everyone. But there were more opportunities in the script given the cast that they had. So, for example, Carrie Preston, who won the Emmy for playing Elspeth Tashioni on The Good Wife. Here, again, she's a lawyer in the compliance department, a small role. But even those small roles on The Good Wife, The Good Wife writers gave such complexity to those characters, they could have done more with her. Um, Now, do you think she's related to Rob Reiner in any way? I don't think so. I mean, no one has said that. I just think so. I like her. I like her as an actor. Um, We've seen her in a number of places. We saw her at the Bentonville Film Festival where she was on a panel which actually you did an amazing video. The panel actually took um, scripts from some male dominated films and then they read them and, and just as women to show that the script worked either way. You could exchange a female character with a male character and vice versa and nobody would even notice. Mm-hmm. And she was very good in that. She was terrific. But your video that's on screenthoughts.net, people should go watch it. It's so great. And I saw an interesting interview with Alicia Reiner where she was talking about Orange is the New Black, Uh which, you know, a TV show with so many female roles. Of course, she plays the character Fig on Orange is the New Black. Which really put her on the map, don't you think? Hugely. And it's that level of writing in TV that now really raises the bar for screenplays because it felt like a TV writer should have tweaked the script. I went in New York City and it was um, it was full, by the way, but it was filled with women. There were no men there. None. Maybe one or two, but not very many. The cinematography and equity of New York City was so beautiful. I mean, those scenes of the skylines and the bridges, didn't it just look gorgeous? It's a very exciting place to be. It is just bathed in yellow light. You know, another scene that I thought was very well done is when Sarah Megan Thomas's character decides to use her womanly wiles 
on the tech CEO in the hoodie. Yeah. When Ed hits on you, you have to handle him professionally and very gently. Yeah. I know how this works. And she does get him to sign the indemnity clause. But that scene where they're alone in the restaurant or the bar and she asks him a business question, he just looks at her and says, look, if I wanted to talk business, I'd call Naomi. Yep. I thought that was a powerful scene. It's a very powerful scene. And again, I'm going to put that in the gender bucket. Yep, it is in the gender bucket, but it doesn't make it a gender-driven movie. And what's nice is if there can be gender things in any movie on either side or the other, but it doesn't make that a gender movie then. Yes. And most of the investors behind this film were actually women from Wall Street who assure us that this film will make a profit. Good. Don't let money be a dirty word. So if you haven't gone, I would, you know, me Hollister recommends highly that you go see this film, but when the curtain goes up and the lights go down, don't think of it as a female movie at all. Think about it as a movie about Wall Street and IPOs and see if you can enjoy it for that reason alone. And congratulations to Alicia Reiner, Sarah Megan Thomas, and their company, Broad Street Pictures. This was their first feature release. You go, girls. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, nondescript, gender-free people. Exactly. Exactly.